The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Marion Kisa, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. I'm Mary Preston, and with me as always is the lovely Kisa Morrow. So Kisa, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get deeper into today's topic. Welcome back, friends. I am Kisa Amaro. I'm a certified health coach, and I help ambitious moms get control of their food cravings by going beyond the nutrition to develop a healthy relationship with food and themselves. Awesome. And I'm Mary Preston. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life coach, and I help other mental health professionals kick their sugar habit. And I'm starting another five-day challenge in August, uh, five days to conquer your workday without sugary snacks. So look out for that info soon. Sweet. No pun intended. (laughs) So funny. I couldn't help it. (laughs) So friends, real quick, if you have not joined our Facebook group yet, you need to just, you know, go over to Facebook. Just Mm -hmm. uh, search the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa and just join our group. Yep. Come on over. Yeah. Come on over, hang out, ask some questions, um, get some answers, you know. Yeah. We're going to post episodes, resources, worksheets. We're going to pop in, answer your questions. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. Join us. Good times. (laughs) Excellent. So... Onto our topic of the day, which is today, intermittent fasting, which we've been talking about just a little bit over the course of the last couple podcasts. Okay, Mary, I am so excited to be talking about intermittent fasting. Um, And I've, you know, I've always been so intrigued by different diets or protocols. Um, So like, you know, like what they are, their concepts, their promises, um, you know, how sustainable they are. And we have Mary here who is deep into intermittent fasting um, or IF as it is called by people in the know. So just like paleo, um, intermittent fasting is questioning the norms of mainstream eating. Paleo was all about questioning what we need to be eating and is what we have been told we need to be eating uh, truly what we should be eating. So now intermittent fasting is questioning the timing of our food intake. Uh, We have been taught that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and that we need to either eat three square meals a day or six small meals throughout the day. Intermittent fasting is questioning all of this and I think it is awesome. So what exactly is IF? Is it safe and healthy? Or, you know, what are the benefits? Um, And isn't it just starving yourself? So (laughs) I have many questions for Mary. And (laughs) she is going to share her experience and her knowledge on intermittent fasting on today's podcast. 
So Mary, I know I'm excited to get started. I've been, we've been like working on this podcast for a while now, and I think our listeners are excited too, uh, excited too. So let's get to it. What exactly is intermittent fasting or IF? All right. So before we talk about, um, what intermittent fasting is and why we do it. Um, I think it's important to go into just a little bit of the science first. Um, so a little bit of the science behind IF, intermittent fasting, um, just a brief explanation of what happens when we eat. And this is like super brief. This is a complicated process. So don't think I'm going to give you all the information here. Um, also talk about how we use the food we eat, um, how we store that food as energy for later, and how we access that food. So first, the reason that calories in, calories out, kind of the, the general method that everybody tells you to use to lose weight doesn't work. And that's because it assumes that there's like one compartment where calories go, right? According to the calories in, calories out model, the body just reduces all food into simple calories, stores the calories for use in a single compartment, then the body accesses that compartment to use the calories for exercise and basic functions. So we put calories in, and then we take them back out when we need them. Um, but the truth is, the way it really works is the body gets energy from three different main sources. And we talked about this before, carbohydrates, and we could call that glucose in today's episode. That could be important, uh, protein and fat. Um, and so only two of those out of carbs, protein and fat are stored for later use. So that's carbohydrate, carbohydrates or glucose and fat. Those are stored for later use. The body actually can't store protein, so it's immediately converted into glucose. And then the glucose is stored in the liver as glycogen. Don't worry about all of these, but basically the liver storage capacity is limited. So the liver gets full, and then it has to store the excess calories as body fat. Um, and just turns out dietary fat doesn't even pass through the liver. It just goes straight to body fat. And that's kind of where a lot of the um, myths about fat is bad for you came from, just because they saw that fat doesn't go through the liver. But that's a myth that we've talked about before. Um, so you can think of this example. So think of glycogen like a refrigerator. It's designed for short-term storage of food. It's easy to move food in and out, but the storage space is limited Body fat, on the other hand, is like your basement freezer. It's designed for long-term storage and is more difficult to access but has a much larger capacity. And you can always add more freezers to your basement. So first, <laughs> we store food energy as glycogen, our refrigerator, right? We go grocery shopping, we fill our fridge, and then we store food energy as body fat, right? You bought a whole bunch of meat, you know, you, you got a lot of frozen vegetables on sale, and so those go in the freezer. Both body fat and glycogen can be used for energy, but they're not used in the same way or in the same order, and that's really important. Um, the body prefers to burn glycogen for energy, right? It likes to burn sugar or carbs first, and it's easier to burn. So like a fridge, it's much easier to access, much easier than going all the way to the basement to your freezer. And as long as there's food in the refrigerator, there's no reason to go to the freezer. So as long as glycogen is available, the body will use that to fuel your activities. The refrigerator and the freezer are not used at the same time either. You basically have to mostly empty out the refrigerator before you can use what's in the freezer. And this is a little information that's really important that I wasn't really as aware of until recently as I was researching for this. So 
how easy it is to get fat out of the freezer depends on the hormone insulin. So when we eat, hormone levels rise. Uh, insulin levels rise. When we're not eating, insulin levels fall. When insulin is high, we can't access body fat. So in other words, we cannot get into the freezer. And when insulin levels are low, you can access the body fat in the freezer. So as long as your insulin levels are high, you cannot get to your body fat storage. So all that being said, what fasting is, it is the act of willingly abstaining from some or all food, and in some cases, drink. Those are like for religious purposes. For a predetermined period of time, right? It's planned out. It's not just random. And fasting's purpose is actually to lower insulin levels and to increase over time insulin sensitivity so that your body can begin and continue to access fat storage and perform functions properly. So fasting is not starvation. It's intentional abstinence from food for health reasons. How's that sound? Keith? That's a lot. That was a lot of information. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, I think, uh, I think one key takeaway from what you just said is that you can't access both the fridge and the freezer at the same time. Yep. So it's like you're either using your sugar or your fat mm -hmm. stored on your body. So as long as there's food in the fridge, you can't get to the freezer. So as long as you're um, consuming and your body's using that, those, you know, carbohydrates, sugar, mm -hmm. glycogen, um, we can just say sugar for um, easy purposes, easy purposes. Cause mm -hmm. I, I relate to sugar. Um, that's where my head goes. Um, so as long as you're, you know, eating the sugar, consuming the sugar, um, processing the sugar in your body, you're not able to access that fat storage that's, that's right. already on your body. Okay. Yep. Okay. And uh, just a side note, I found this really interesting and helpful for myself. Um, they were doing, uh, I was just, you know, reading a lot about uh, diabetes and obesity. Um, this is where the research comes from. And what they're showing is um, persistently high levels of insulin are mm -hmm. one of the reasons that it's so difficult to lose body fat because we're just mm. constantly keeping our insulin levels high mm -hmm. and then our body creates a resistance to it. Okay. And so, you know, like I said before, insulin is high. We can't access body fat. Mm -hmm. And to when you're, when you can, uh, are consistently consuming carbohydrates, um, the, the excess, cause so you talked about the, uh, some of it going to the liver and there's mm -hmm. just, it's kind of like, I think of like a gas tank. You can only put so much in there and then right. the overflow has to go somewhere else. Right. Um, so, I mean, some does go to your muscles, um, but then like all this extra leftover, it actually goes to your fat. Yep. Stored as fat. Stored as fat. And, you know, I'm not going to go into the science of it right now. There's a lot of research. Um, I got a lot of uh, information from the obesity code. And if you're interested in more, um, but basically it, the insulin levels explain why, um, you know, why people who are overweight, who are dieting, and that might, you know, that might be some of our listeners, but there is science behind why you could eat a meal um, and be starving right afterwards. Mm -hmm. you know? Or you can be restricting your calories and, mm -hmm. um, and not be losing weight. There's a lot of science that has to do with insulin um, that's really interesting. So the Obesity Code, um, it's a really great book 
by Dr. Jason Fung for more info. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for that, Mary. Um, yeah, so I can hear some of our listeners saying, because I was saying the same thing, like, oh my gosh, I could never go a whole day without food. Kisa, I have to pause because we are getting yeah. enormous hail. Yep. Friends, we just had to pause our podcast because Mary was experiencing huge hail falling from the sky and potentially ruining stuff some of her possessions outside it was ginormous (laughs) i will report in later about the size of the said hail and whether or not there's any damage so hopefully all is well (laughs) um and it's just kind of mind boggling because i'm in like 90 degree weather so (laughs) (laughs) so crazy okay so mary i can just hear some of our listeners saying oh my gosh, I could never go a whole day without food because I used to think the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so obsessed about food that I couldn't imagine a whole day without eating. So yeah. let's look at some of the myths of intermittent fasting that we have been led to believe. All right. So some of the myths, um, number one, and I always think this is interesting because I – uh, believed it a lot until I started to do some of this research um, that fasting puts you into starvation mode. I've actually heard that a couple of times um, over, you know, over history. Like if you skip breakfast, that you'll go into like starvation mode and your body will like start to shut down. Yeah. And it just like slows down your metabolism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, just doing some research, you know, starvation mode really only kicks in when a person has used all of their glucose and fat storage. So this is, mm-hmm. this is what happens when you have no food and you've already used up all of your fat storage. So if that's you, intermittent fasting is not for you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if there's no food on the way, your body will actually start to dip into like muscle, other important places. Mm-hmm. But that is, um, there was a record of somebody fasting for 382 days that I was wow. reading about in the research. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, and then he just stopped. He wasn't in starvation mode. Um, but then there's people who <laughs> I was watching this, uh, this documentary called fasting. Uh, somebody recommended that, that I give it a watch and they were talking about the Donner party and they were stranded for months in the snow. Now those people went through actual starvation. And if you're interested in how starvation actually works, it is a slow process go through all of your glucose, you go through all of your fat, like to the point of 0% fat, and then it'll start to zip into other important things. Okay. And so like, I'm, I'm pretty thin and I, I could probably go a couple months without eating before actual starvation (laughs) would kick in. Like I could go for a really long time. I've got enough fat to keep me going for a while. Okay. Okay. Um, another myth that I hear a lot, um, and, um, it was in the research that fasting makes you burn muscle again, see above. Um, and if you think about it, you know, our body has evolved to survive periods of fasting, right? Mm -hmm. If, if after one day of not being able to eat a caveman's, you know, body just started to waste away, we would not have survived. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't have made it out of the cave. (laughs) No, you know, if they just, if just, you know, just one breakfast skipped and it started to use their muscles, that would be counterproductive because our muscles are what we need to go hunt things down or go gather things. So yeah, not really the way it worked. You know, we we evolved to 
use muscle and other important body parts last. <laughs> okay. Um, another one that was in the research, um, fasting causes low blood sugar. And again, I used to say this all time, right? Like I needed to, I needed to, um, eat all the time to keep my blood sugar levels, um, you know, from like rising and falling. And there's a lot of research to show that most of us normal Joes don't get low blood sugar just from Mm -hmm. that short amount of abstaining from food for short periods of time. There's other things going on. Um, yeah, I've read hormonally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read that it's it's very rare for somebody to actually suffer from is that hypoglycemia? Hypoglycemia, right? It's like an actual diagnosable, you know, disorder mm-hmm. and unless you have that and if you do, be careful with fasting, but yeah, most of us don't and I think you would know already if you do. Okay. Um another myth is that fasting results in overeating. Um, so this one, um, has been found mostly false. Um, after fasts, people do tend to like eat a larger meal, um, than they normally would. But what they showed is that like, like amount of calories consumed in that meal that no, in no way makes up for the fasting period, insulin levels, calories wise, like none of that, um, you know, makes up for the fasting that you've done. And again, this isn't the same as, um, just reducing your calories, it's actually different. So this is fasting. This is abstaining from food completely until um, until a meal. Okay. So versus, oh, I'm just going to eat less at all of my meals. Right. Right. Okay. Whether it be um, six, five, four. <laughs> right. And I think it goes back to, um, what's the one? You know, I always heard, make sure you have a snack like before you go to a party Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Because if you skip that meal, then you're going to overeat. Mm-hmm. And I think people, and, and that might be true, you know, if you're not used to fasting or being hungry, you may, you know, really overindulge at a party if you're like, oh, I'm, you know, going to go to a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I'll just skip dinner and I'll, you know, just have one, one slice of cake at the party. Um, but this is different. So fasting, you know, for like, Taking it seriously, doing it intentionally does not result in serious overeating. It's not the same thing. Okay. Um, Another myth is that it will give you an eating disorder. So this one's really important. Um, And, you know, you know yourselves, folks, friends, listeners. um, If you're going to use fasting as punishment, as control, as a fear reaction to a pound of fat gained, then this is definitely not for you. Um, If you are not going to follow a set protocol, you know, one that's proven to be effective and researched, um, or you're going to go too far, then fasting is definitely not for you. And if you already have an eating disorder, there is some research that says you should not fast without consulting a professional who knows about these things because fasting can trigger an already existing eating disorder in remission. Um, And this is, you know, one of the reasons we've talked about this before. I I think you should always work on loving yourself as you are right now before Mm -hmm. and during any weight loss efforts. I don't think you have to wait until you're thin to love yourself or your body. Yeah. And this is one of those reasons, right? We use it as punishment. Yeah. I think that's so important that you mentioned that, Mary, Um, because dieting, it's not just about, you know, the, the food you put in your mouth. It's about your mindset around your situation. It's about, you know, how you view yourself and your body. So, yep. Yeah. Good point. It's really important. You know, if you're, if you're the kind of person that like, 
um, that reacts dietarily, you know, you get really angry at yourself or super ashamed or, you know, have the uh, tendency to like binge and purge any of that, you know, fasting is not for you, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So just some other myths that, you know, are kind of important to know along with um, the myths about fasting. Um, Snacking makes you thin, you know, like the six meals a day, all day long. That's actually something that came up in the fifties. And that was, in reaction to food companies not being able to make enough money. Um, mm. So they had to look for ways to sell. And so if you think about most of the diet advice given, it's like what to eat, like which mm-hmm. of these foods is going to make me thin. And, you know, the truth is, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, we didn't, we didn't have to eat certain kinds of foods for breakfast. We just only ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> that was it. We didn't snack. Right. And, and this is across all kinds of different diets, right? Mediterranean, um, Asian mm-hmm. diets, um, paleo diets, like all kinds of different diets. Mm-hmm. Only eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, no snacking. A lot of these places have actually pretty good, you know, uh, body weight, let's call it. Yeah, Mary, this is uh, interesting that you mention, you know, it's kind of like this. They're like trying, food companies are trying to sell more food. Yeah. So like, oh, well, you need to snack in order to keep up your metabolism. Um, Which two things, like now that I do not snack, I don't buy as much food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're right. They're not going to make as much money. They were right. They were not making very much money on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I am reading a book on habits and they're – like I'm at the place where they're talking about kind of like the introduction of advertising and how advertising, like they have like this advertising basically creates this habit loop and I, you know, kind of identifies this habit loop and sells it to the consumer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they got, went from people, it was, they were talking about the introduction of toothpaste and how they got like, brushing your teeth was not there. It wasn't a thing. Right. And so they had to create like this, you know, this cue and this reward for mm-hmm. brushing your teeth. And now it's obviously toothpaste is everywhere. Right. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> so I mean, it's the just, amount of yeah. money and time spent researching us and what makes us tick. Yeah. It like, it's incredible what they do to, because they can afford it and, and then they uh-huh. can sell us more, you know, high starch breakfast cereals. Um, yep. Like cornflake, uh, not cornflakes. What's the sugary one? Oh man, that was like, it had the heart, the heart check. Yeah. Frosted flakes had like the, the ADA heart check or whatever it was for a while. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, so not eating, not a lot of money in that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to sell. It's hard to sell things for not eating. Um, so it's a myth that you need to eat all day. It's just the truth. And the other thing I brought up earlier, you know, it keeps your insulin levels high all day and that's no bueno. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two, I think that you're, you know, like the, it may increase your metabolism a little bit because your body's processing Mm -hmm. that food. However, it doesn't make up for the amount of extra calories you're eating. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, How about breakfast? breakfast is the most important meal of the day. No, it is not. It is not the most important meal of the day. Although, you know, break fast, I'm sure you've all heard, you know, it is mm-hmm. breakfast is when you break your fast. 
because we are all fasting overnight. Mm. Every time you go to sleep, you are technically fasting. Um, The truth is your body begins to release hormones a few hours before you usually wake up. So like your body releases all kinds of hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and like this whole cocktail of hormones to give you energy and prepare you for the day. Um, So what we know is breakfast, right? Like it's supposed to pep you up and give you energy and, you know, give you the, you know, give you all the energy you need for your day. It's actually completely unnecessary because your body is already doing that for you. Okay. So in one sense, your first meal of the day is important, right? Your break Mm -hmm. the fast meal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like eating something nutritious when you do break your fast will help you have more energy throughout the day. But um, it is a complete myth that you have to do that as soon as you wake up or, you know, like by 10 a.m. <laughs> right. So, so breakfast mm-hmm. in a sense could be eaten at 12 o'clock or one o'clock. It's yeah. still like kind of like you're breaking that fast. Yep. You're so breaking. It's that not fast like you have to eat breakfast uh, as soon as you get up. Yep. Yeah. Our bodies yeah. are kind of amazing. And that kind of, I mean, I'm just kind of making an inference here, but as far as like evolutionary, evolutionarily, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of makes sense because, you know, we didn't necessarily have ways of, we didn't have ways of storing food. So when we woke up in the morning, we had to go find food. It's not like we had um, a cabinet or a refrigerator of food that we just went and ate as soon as we wake up. We probably wake up, um, Maybe we even waited to get hungry, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably waited for these cues and we're like, okay, well, let's go hunt and gather some food and eat. Yeah. Could have been, could have been all kinds of ways, but you know, yeah. evolutionarily we, I like that word now. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. It's good. Completely unimportant to, to <laughs> yeah. eat as soon as you wake up for energy mm-hmm. purposes. Okay. Um, and we already talked a little bit about this, but you know, our information about fasting has been completely skewed because you can't sell not eating. And you right. know, most of the research, you know, that our information about nutrition comes from sources funded by large food companies or pharmacies. Um, mm-hmm. The you know the big nutrition uh, what is it called? I want to say gala. That's not the word. You know, where a whole bunch of nutritionists get together and they have. Um, talks about the latest and greatest news about nutrition, you know, they're usually funded by like Pepsi and Coca-Cola or, you know, uh, what is it? Nestle, you know, some of these big Mm -hmm. companies are funding these conferences and, you know, it's as much as we'd like to think that we can really, you know, have, um, you know, ethically and morally just stick to what we know. It's really tough because like I said, they put so much money into knowing how we work and how our brains work. Yeah, they do. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so fasting does not sell. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mary, what is the purpose of intermittent fasting? Why would somebody <laughs> want to do this? <laughs> right. Good question. Because it's basically like, why would I just not want to eat? Yeah. Um, so there's actually, there's a lot of good reasons. You know, um, most people kind of get into it. They're looking for weight loss and it is, it's proven really effective for weight loss, but um, there's a lot of really um, really interesting research on what it does for our health. Um, so there's a list, um, that I'm going to say here, you know, improves mental clarity and concentration. Um, it induces weight and body fat loss. It lowers our blood sugar levels, which is really good if you have um, high blood pressure, improves insulin sensitivity, which is good for diabetes and high blood sugar. 
um, increases your energy, which I found very interesting, but it's true. Like when you're on a fast, you're actually, your energy increases. It's really strange. Um, it improves your fat burning. It can lower your blood cholesterol. Um, there's some research about preventing Alzheimer's disease and extending life and reversing the age process, which I thought was really cool. And I want to look more into that research. Um, and then there's a ton of information about decreasing inflammation. So a lot of the disorders, diseases that are caused by, you know, autoimmune and inflammation, mm -hmm. it's really worthwhile looking into that. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, I think a lot of people maybe initially go to intermittent fasting for the weight loss aspect mm -hmm. of it, but it sounds like there's a lot of other, you know, benefits and reasons why somebody might want to choose or look into intermittent fasting. Yeah. It, you know, IF is interesting. Intermittent fasting, fasting in general, it's, um, and again, you know, can't really go into all of the details because it's so extensive, but, you know, the research is showing that when we are not, you know, spending all of our energy digesting food and kind of going through that whole process, we kind of put that on pause. Our body has the ability to start to heal some of the, you know, just starts its healing processes, um, which we don't really get a chance to do when we're constantly grazing, constantly eating. It's really kind of fascinating. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I'm excited that we're doing this podcast because I, you know, I had good reasons for, for fasting, but just researching it recently, I'm like, whoa, there's so many um, possibilities, so many health reasons that it could be um, good for people. Yeah. Awesome. Right? Yeah. And then also, uh, it's simple. It's really, really simple. Um, mm -hmm. it's free, totally free to fast. Um, it's convenient. It's really powerful. Like I said, like your healing processes can, can start to, to work again. Um, it's flexible. It can be really flexible. And we'll talk about that later. Like what, what ways you can do fasting. It's not like you just don't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> um, and it sounds like it works with any diet, um, just, you know, in the reading that I was doing. So that's very interesting. So even if you're not, you know, Keith and I talk about, you know, paleo style uh, diet, but it seems to work with most diets. So that's something we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, so Mary, what, I mean, just as far as your, your experience with intermittent fasting, what mindset shifts did you have to make in order to be successful while intermittent fasting? Um, well, one, you have to be willing to feel hungry <laughs> because you will feel hungry, especially the first couple of times you fast. It is, uh, you know, it's really hard, um, you know, psychologically. It's like your, your body is ready for the feast for breakfast. You know, it's ready to eat at noon and 1 p.m. And your hormones and a lot of things are like mm -hmm. already used to this schedule. And so you're going to feel uncomfortable and hungry. And so, you know, you got to just know that that's going to be a possibility. And so you got to be really strong on like why you're doing it, <laughs> because if you're just doing it for no reason, it's, it's not worth, you know, being that uncomfortable and hungry. Um, okay. You know, but I have a lot of health reasons why, you know, fasting has been really good for me. Um, main one, you know, I've talked about, I think I've talked about it before, but I, uh, maybe TMI, but I get a lot of urinary tract infections and yeast infections and it goes back and forth and back and forth. And, uh, I I'm done with that. I don't want to deal with that anymore. And so I do intermittent fasting and it's been really helpful for that. 
Awesome. Um, you know, so we talked about this, you really got to work on loving yourself. Cause if you're going to punish yourself with fasting, it's mm-hmm. just not worthwhile. You know, that's a miserable life to be living. So mm-hmm. please don't use fasting as punishment and, right. you know, and not in reaction to overeating, right? This is not binge and purge. This is, you know, a planned, again, like a planned, um, abstinence from, food with a planned return to eating at a certain time and with research done. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, just shifting your, cause your body's going to be used to eating breakfast mm-hmm. at a certain time. Yeah. It's going to be used to kind of waking up at, I don't know if you wake up at six and then maybe by seven or eight, you're eating breakfast. Yeah. So, you know, there's that habit and I'm sure there's a lot of cues that kind of go along with that habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, like, oh, maybe you've always eaten like, I don't know, maybe you make your coffee and then you eat, you make your breakfast and eat. So maybe you're still making your coffee, but then you're not gonna be eating. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, that's going to be a transition as far as changing your habits mm-hmm. and everything that goes along with that. Cause habit change is not easy. Habit change isn't easy. And you're going to have a lot of thoughts about this when you're skipping, you know, if you decide to skip breakfast, you know, if that's the, the practice that you go with, you know, your brain is going to start offering you all kinds of thoughts about you need to eat, you're starving, you know, people are going to think you're so weird. Um, all kinds of things are going to start coming up in that moment. Um, that are just, it's just brain chatter, you know? Yeah. So you got to be ready for that as well, that there's going to be, and then also other people, uh, you know, they're going to be like, why are you starving yourself? Eat this cake. Right. Ready for them. (laughs) (laughs) That's why your why, you know, your reason has to be really strong because cake versus hunger, you know, easy. It's an easy choice when you don't know why you're, why you're fasting. Yeah. So yeah, having a good, um, reason why you're fasting and a good commitment to fasting. Mm-hmm. Sounds important too. Yeah. Okay. So Mary is intermittent fasting just another fad or, you know, what is, what is it? Um, so I kind of thought it was a fad, but, you know, listening to, you know, again, all of the people, you know, going back to like evolutionary purposes and talking about like religion and all of the other times that people Mm -hmm. fast, right? So like three of the most important people in our history, you know, Jesus, Buddha, and Muhammad, they all went through extended fasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I thought this was interesting. I don't know if the listeners will, but um, the seven country study that they base a lot of our current, um, you know, uh, move more, eat less, like what food is best for us. um, They base a lot of that. They say the Mediterranean diet was, you know, one of the best. And then they look at that and they're like, oh, it's, you know, high fat and, you know, here's what they eat. And they failed to mention that in Crete, um, most of the people who lived there were Greek Orthodox. And that religion requires a, like a lot of fasting throughout the year. Mm, so it's possible that that, you know, possible that that's a, a part of why that diet itself was so successful. But, you know, many cultures, um, you know, fasting is just part of, it's just part of life. Yeah. So it's not a fad. It's, it's ancient. (laughs) Ancient. (laughs) It's just not a moneymaker. Um, and then Mary, I know you touched on this earlier, but you, do you have to change your diet for intermittent fasting? 
or so you, you just eat what you've been eating. You don't have to, it sounds like, depending on what your goal is, right? So fasting totally depends on what, you know, what, what are you trying to get out of it? Um, mm-hmm. And most everything said that you don't have to change your diet. However, um, if you're eating a lot of sugary, processed, refined carbs, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, and you go just to straight not eating, um, you know, you're still going to go through sugar craving or sugar, sorry, sugar withdrawal, you know, flour, refined carb withdrawal, and you're going to be fasting and hungry. <laughs> so, um, you know, some people were saying like, doesn't matter. They, you know, doesn't care. Some people were saying, you know, if you go to more like a um, paleo-ish, like ketogenic style diet beforehand, because then you get your body used to burning fat as fuel. And so you don't do that whole process during your first couple of fasts. So it's kind of a slower process, but you can totally jump into it no matter where you are. Okay. So it sounds like it doesn't matter what you eat. You can still incorporate intermittent fasting into your protocol. Yep. However, um, if you are eating kind of a lot of, uh, like a high sugar, high processed food diet that you'd want to switch to more of maybe like a paleo ish, high fat, low carb diet, whole foods diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of go through that sugar detox first. And then, so once you kind of get through that, then, uh, move into the intermittent fasting protocol. Right. I mean, just depends so, on how bad you want it to suck. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know. So if you kind of like get rid of the sugar and intermittent fast at the same mm-hmm. time, it's just going to suck a lot. Yeah. But totally, it sounds like it's totally possible to do it either way. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like if I'm, if I'm interested in this, like, where do I start? What is like, what's the process? You know, I've heard of eating windows, you know, uh, in reference to intermittent fasting. So can you explain those as well? Yeah. So intermittent fasting is, um, it's done like a whole bunch of different ways. And the first thing that you would do, like I said before, is kind of figure out why you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have like an autoimmune disease that you're interested in healing or, um, like headaches or diabetes or pre-diabetes or like PCOS or something that you're interested in healing with fasting, mm-hmm. um, they actually have protocols that are, um, overseen by doctors that are longer. So like five to seven days are the usual um, fasting periods for those kinds of like healing processes. And then there's even, you know, there's some places where, um, you know, they will highly supervised go do fasting for much longer periods of time. And, um, you know, so if that's what you're looking for, then definitely do your research, find a professional who can really talk you through it, who can make sure that you're safe. Um, mm-hmm. People with diabetes or PCOS, you know, things where you're taking uh, medications, uh, mm-hmm. you really want to be under doctor supervision because fasting uh, messes with your, um, it will lower your blood sugar level and your, it'll change your insulin levels. And so if you're taking medication, you will kind of you'll mess with that effect and sometimes it'll like go too far. And so you really need to be under doctor supervision. But that being said, like, you know, if you're, if you don't have like a lot of health problems that you're like, you know, really need some intense intermittent fasting to heal these things. um, People do 
like anywhere from 12 hour to like 48 hour fasts. And that's what we really call intermittent fasting. And so that eating window, um, you know, a lot of people that like kind of the easiest way to do intermittent fasting is just, you decide that you're going to eat all of your calories for the day between like the hours of 12 and seven. Okay. So you don't eat breakfast at noon. You eat lunch. Uh, people can eat three, two meals um, in between, but then you, you stop at seven and then you just don't eat again until, until noon. Um, and you know, those numbers are kind of arbitrary, right? Like one to eight or, um, so Mary, is that considered your eating window? Mm-hmm. Like the so that's your eating window. Seven would be your eating window. And so there's different kind of um, um, like fasting, like different times that you would be fasting versus eating. So they have different, um, what is it called? Protocols, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could, and so this is, it's usually the easiest one. It's really easy to jump into and it's what I've been doing for a long time. So I eat my lunch at 1 PM, usually like in between one and two, cause that's my lunch hour at work. And then I eat when I get home, usually around like seven 30 and then that's it. I just eat those two meals. And then okay. in between, um, there's a lot of information like online and, uh, different people have different ideas of what you can and can't um, eat or drink in between, but most people say like coffee, tea, water, sparkling water, those things you can have in between. So you want to definitely hydrate, right? So I have my coffee with a little bit of coconut milk in it in the morning. And then, mm-hmm. um, but that's the only thing I have. So I still have my coffee. Okay. So you have coffee, um, mm-hmm. in the morning and then you're drinking water throughout the day. Yep. Water throughout the day. Okay. So how long people are probably wondering, Mm -hmm. I'd be wondering the same thing. (laughs) If you're asking me to not eat breakfast, how long do I have to do it? Is it, you know, is this a short term thing or is it a forever thing? Uh, Totally, totally depends on, again, like what you're trying to do. So I I think I started intermittent fasting and it's going to be like two and a half years ago. I think I was living in North Carolina and Mm -hmm. in the beginning it was like, I was like, oh my God, it was so hard to not eat breakfast. And then, you know, I've been not eating breakfast for two and a half years now. I don't know. Every once in a while I have breakfast because like, you know, my husband wants to go get breakfast and I'm like, okay. Um, And so, I mean, a lot of people do it long term. I think it it really keeps your insulin levels at a, you know, at a steady level. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's up to you if you're just looking for short term weight loss you know, you could, you could do it that way as well. You know, just, I think really knowing why you're doing it is really important. And then if it's for like a health concern, you know, sometimes people will have to do like a five day fast once a month to, to mm, really, okay. you know, but those are, those are extreme cases okay. um, or having to really do like long-term fasting, like 40 days or, you know, things like that. So but those are for, you know, medical reasons. Those are supervised by a doctor. So mm-hmm. normally people just kind of, they continue to do it forever. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, it's in between a 12 hour fast and like a 48 hour fast every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, to me, it sounds like there's a lot of mindset shifts that should go on when entering intermittent fasting. Um, 
Cause I know for me, it's like, you know, how can I go without breakfast? Yeah. And just having that mindset, you know, like if I was to go into intermittent fasting with that mindset, like every day at breakfast would be torture because I'd be like, I want my breakfast. How can I, you know, how am I going to get throughout through this day without breakfast? How am I going to get to lunch without breakfast? You know, so really like looking at that mindset shift um, and whatever that is for you. um, And I think that would, it sounds like that would help as far as, um, you know, if you want it to be a long-term, long-term thing and see if, you know, if it truly is working for you, if it's something you want to stay with and for it to be a long-term thing. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of mindset shift, but honestly, like you could also just try it. Cause I think that the interesting thing is it's going to be hard at first, no matter how much you really work on your mindset. Like, I don't think it'll ever be, Yeah, you know? And so even if you're like, oh, I could never do that, but I think it'd be really good for me. Or, you know, I really feel like that's the next step in my health journey. Mm-hmm. You know, waiting until you feel like it's going to be easy is, is not the right step either. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets much easier. Um, yeah. We also talked about the, um, on our podcast about hunger, you know, I was talking about how I, like my ability to feel hunger and like what it's really like in my body is very different than what it was when I was eating all day. Um, and, and I, like, I literally don't feel hunger until right about one o'clock and it's like, my body is just, you know, just like clockwork. One o'clock's coming around. My body's like, Hey, it's time, you know, don't stop. So, you know, eventually it just, it, it starts to write itself. It's very interesting and it is worth, even if you're unsure, you know, giving it a try and just kind of seeing, mm-hmm. seeing how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be an easy process as far yeah. as, you know, changing it. There is going to be some difficulty to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having that commitment and having that reason why will be very helpful. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's Mary- good for a lot of reasons. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, so we talked a lot about, you know, intermittent fasting, um, kind of myths about it, mm-hmm. um, benefits and kind of how to do it. So who should not fast? Who's this good not for? Question. Very good question. So people who are already like severely malnourished or underweight, right? If you don't have a lot of body fat on your body, please don't fast, you know, um, I, I think the only reason people might think about that is if they're having, you know, body dysmorphia, they're, they're having, um, um, you know, when they look at their body, they're not seeing how thin they really are. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so already kind of eating disordered and then, um, people who are doing religious fasting, I, you know, if you're, if you're severely malnourished already, but you want to do a religious fast, you know, if it's not for weight loss purposes, you know, I would consult with a professional to figure out how you can prepare for it. And if it's safe for you, um, children under 18 years of age, basically just, if you're a child, there is just not enough research on it. Um, you are still building things in your body. Um, Mm -hmm. and so definitely do more research if you're interested for your children. Um, that's not a matter that I know anything about and I don't think there's a lot of research on it. Um, and then pregnant or breastfeeding women, uh, you ladies need a lot more nutrition than people who are not pregnant or breastfeeding. And you got to make sure that you're getting all of the, all of the nutrients for you and your baby. 
Definitely. Yeah. So don't mess with fasting if, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Don't sure. wait till you're done. <laughs> um, and then, you know, these people can fast, but really like you got to make sure you're under a doctor's supervision. Don't just, you know, willy nilly jump into fasting. So again, you know, if you have suffered or currently believe you may have an eating disorder, um, you know, please professional um, consultation. Um, and these were, you know, just from the research, I don't know much about why, but because we're talking about intermittent fasting, important just to say, they say, if you have gout, um, if you are taking medications, especially if you have type one or type two diabetes, and if you have gastroesophageal reflux disease, then definitely doctor supervision. Don't, don't do it on your own. Awesome, Mary. Thanks for that. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's great to know, you know, um, that intermittent fasting is not for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a, you know, no, no diet is just a quick magic fix. It's another, fasting is another tool if you're interested in improving your health. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm um, but sorry, before we get into the tips, I was just thinking, um, Mm -hmm. because it is complicated, some of like the different um, fasting protocols, um, but they have like worksheets and things. And I can just share some of the examples of different. um, Yeah, that'd be awesome. Share those in the show notes. mm -hmm. And people can yes. get some resources. Take awesome. a look at that. Um, so Mary, five tips. Five what would your five tips be for if someone's curious about intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, maybe trying, you know, they want to dip their toe in there? Yeah. So if you're curious, you know, tip number one, please do some research first, right? We are not medical doctors. We are simply sharing our personal experience, our information, research we've done, um, So do some research into like, if you have any current health conditions, any medications you're on, um, you know, you can type in fasting and diabetes, fasting and, you know, fill in the blank and just kind of do some research into whether or not this is something that is for you or not. Okay. Um, And while you're researching, tip number two, you can, and, you know, I recommend, I like to make things easier on myself. Uh, but shifting your diet towards a paleo template, it can make it much easier to switch to fat adaptation beforehand, and then you don't have to go through sugar withdrawal at the same time as fasting, which can be uncomfortable anyway. You know, mm-hmm. just a tip. You know, some of us, uh, you know, some of us like to jump in just ahead first. That is true. That is true. And if that's you, go for it. You know, yeah. they, they say it's okay. Just it might be slightly more uncomfortable than if you already are fat adapted. Um, Three, definitely create a plan. Um, Fasting is not, like I said, like a reaction to a party. It's not purging after you ate too much. It's, you know, it's not starvation. It is a plan for your health. And so if you're going to do a, um, you know, a 12 hour fast, know what the hours are that you're going to be eating and then know what you're going to be eating when you do eat because when you're not prepared, then you're going to, you know, you're just going to eat whatever's in front of you. You know, one o'clock run, rolls around and you'll just, you know, eat the donuts in the waiting room because that's all that's available, right? Mm-hmm. Have a plan. Do You're doing this for health. You're not doing this just as a quick fix for weight loss. So, you know, plan it out, know how long you're going to be fasting make sure you're hydrating. Um, you know, if you have headaches, there's all kinds of tips about, you know, drinking a little bit of bone broth, having a little bit of fat with your coffee in the morning. So, um, have a plan, know what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat 
and when you're going to eat and not eat. Um, four, we've been talking about this a little bit. Tip number four, prepare your mind there. Your brain is going to offer you some crazy nonsense. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've talked before about my 10 a.m. snack, you know, that I used to have all the time. If I had tried to just skip that, you know, my, my brain would just start getting crazy on me. Like, you what are you doing? You're going to starve. My blood sugar is going to drop and just, you know, it'll, it'll go off on kind of like a rant, like a kid having a tantrum and just be mm -hmm. ready and know that that's totally normal. That is your brain just loving you and trying to make sure that you eat. Um, you know, but do a little bit of work on what are you going to say to people if they say, why are you fasting? Why are you not eating? Um, you know, what are you going to do instead of having breakfast? You know, I wouldn't recommend mm -hmm. just sitting and twiddling your thumbs. I would have an activity prepared, you know, okay. little, little things to prepare. Awesome. And then number five, just start small, you know, 12 hour eating windows, pretty, pretty simple. You just skip breakfast. That's it. Some people even snack like in the, you know, one to seven, one to eight, um, feeding period, you know, eating window. Um, you know, they kind of just stick to their regular old, you know, whatever they've been doing, they just don't eat before and after. So, um, it's much easier instead of trying to jump into like a 48 hour fast or even just a full 24 hour fast. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a little bit more difficult. Awesome. Well, Mary, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and experience on intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of, out of it. So I'm hoping our listeners get a lot out of it I too. So. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, it was exciting. I did a lot of research for this one. It was very interesting mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. She was busy, guys. I was busy. I let her ride. She was busy. I read a lot of books. Um, mm -hmm. But that's all we got for you today. That was a lot of information. Um, yeah. Sorry if it was too much science for you, but that's all right. We're going to have, we usually have our, uh, the transcript with our podcast episodes. So if you need to look back at those words that we're using, glycogen and glucose and carbohydrates and liver and such, uh, those will be on there. And I hope you learned a little bit. So thanks for being awesome as always and listening in. And if you'd like to know more about us, uh, any questions, comments, come over to our Facebook group. Definitely find us at the real life wellness podcast with Mary and Kisa on Facebook. Do a little search. We'll have the link on the website. And then also you can find me at my website, maryleesepreston.com or Kisa at her website, kisaamaro.com. And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. All right. Any questions or comments, let us know via Facebook, Instagram, and the comment section. We will definitely answer them and we may just make a podcast just for you. Yeah. Bye folks. Adios.